one-timers. Getting to know the guest of Sports and More, the podcast, just a little bit more. This is one-timers as I uh, welcome into Podcast Alley, my good friend Jason Gregor. Greg, how are you, buddy? Dino, I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me. No problem. I am... uh, Glad you are here. Let's get on the uh, show with uh, one-timers, your favorite Oiler growing up. Well, as you know, I was a huge Whalers fan as well, so I kind of have two split. Uh, Glenn Anderson for mm-hmm. the Oilers, and then uh, Kevin Deneen for the Hartford Whalers. Oh, huge. yes. I should have uh, got up my Jordan Martinuck Whalers jersey for you oh, here. And, yeah, uh, sweet. Helped you out there. I was jealous of the Duke product. That's right. Favorite Eskimo growing up. Uh, yeah, that'd be the Giz. Yeah? Yeah, Henry Gizmo. He was just so electrifying and exciting as a kick return guy. The backflips? And, well, the backflips were the bonus, but just he could make something out of nothing. And, you know, kick returns, no one's ever come close to his records. Mm-hmm. No one ever will come close to his records. He was he was a unique player to watch. And then he started to do a little receiving every now and then and became okay as a receiver. But just he was such a threat as a kickoff guy. It was amazing to watch. Are you surprised they never used him more as a receiver? I always wondered maybe why he didn't get used more. You know what? In today's game and how they use guys, I think they would have used him more. Yeah. But it was... Now, he didn't have the best hands early on either, so that's probably played part of it. But even just to get guys in swing patterns and stuff now, you know, you could use him in reverses, mm-hmm. and that's what they did a little bit. But I, I think in, in hindsight, maybe they probably... You know, a little bit behind the time. Well, no, they're probably at that era. Mm-hmm. That's just how he's used. But in today's game, I, I think his ability would be used a lot. Favorite sports memory from your youth as a player? Oh, probably when we won provincials. Uh, or sorry, no, we made it to the provincial finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember a uh, guy, Lauren Scott, was on my team and we got we were shorthanded. Our buddy took a penalty in overtime. Brutal. And uh, I want to face off in the offensive zone. This is in midget, uh, double A or whatever you want to call it. And want to face off, got it back. A uh, buddy whose nickname was Bolts took the shot and uh, I deflected it. And then goalie made a save. Lauren hit the rebound home and we scored and, and won. We were down in that game. We came back and won. It was back then in Provincials, two game total point. Mm-hmm. And so that was in, uh, I think it was Lacombe on the road. And that was game two and we won. And so that got us to Provincial Finals. We didn't, we didn't win Provincials, but... Yeah, that would probably be it. And then winning a Junior B championship for the Riggers. That would be, uh, that was pretty sweet. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Favorite sports memory as a fan, uh, any age. Um, just uh, one that stands out for you. Well, when the Jays won the World Series, it was on my birthday. Nice. Yeah, when Joe Carter hit the home run, that was my birthday. We Touch had them all, Joe. A lot, a lot of teammates. We were celebrating my birthday and watching that game. So I, I vividly remember that. That was, that was awesome. It was, it was my 21st birthday. That is uh, amazing. I was uh, 17. All my buddies were 18. They went to the bar oh, and celebrated. Sure and I did. waited and, <laughs> and hung out with them after. It was so much fun. Uh, most impactful coach that you ever had? Was there is there one coach that stands out for you? Yeah, I, I do remember, and probably just because it was funny. But Warren Loper was a coach of mine. Uh, I would have been what 16, and then soccer. And because I, I love playing soccer, mm. soccer is part of the sport I was best at because I because I was never a great skater in hockey like I could see the game I just I couldn't translate running to skating for whatever reason mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't a great skater but I could run and 
I, I loved Warren as our coach. I remember we, we, it was a good, the thing I remember him, we, we had a young player on our team at the time who was our goalie. And he didn't have a lot of great, I don't want to say his name, but he didn't have a lot of great support at home uh, with his family life. And he, and he ended up being uh, in a youth detention center. And uh, Warren had to sign him out for provincials and, and be like his guardian. Mm-hmm. And and he, and he told the whole team, he sat us down and said, here's where, you know, uh, Jay is and we're going to help him out. And I just, I remember I was, I drove to the game with him and I was the captain of the team and we were talking about it. He just says it's important for, for him to know that we support him. So I had to go with him to pick him up mm-hmm. at the, you know, and so Jay was a little bit kind of awkward. I said, dude, like, we don't care. Like, I don't care what you did. And it didn't matter. And so it was his first weekend pass. And I just remember Warren telling us, he says, people make mistakes. It's easy to turn your back on them. Right. And that was such a good learning moment for a 16-year-old. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's really good when you can remember specific moments that are teaching moments that, yes. that are life lessons as well. The best sports moment you saw live. I would... Probably live, I would say the 2003 Grey Cup in Regina. Yeah, and it was freezing cold, yeah. but it was it was a really entertaining game. And it was just it was probably the whole week. You had a wig. You had a, like a did you wear a I giant wear, wig? I, I wore a giant wig only on the Saturday. Oh, okay. Kind of to party because you know when you're there working. And I'd met some guys from Edmonton, and this guy had a sick afro. Like, it was unbelievable. And I remember John Sexsmith yeah. and uh, Jed Roberts and Trent Brown were former Eskimos. And we just, we met up on the Friday night. And when honestly, when I walked up to Jed, I was like, hey, Jed, what's happening? And he looked at me like he didn't know who I was. And that's when I was, he's like, Greg, I couldn't even tell you that was you. Right. And so I wore that wig the Friday night, which was great, because a lot of people didn't know who you were. You could kind of have fun. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I remember walking through the parade, and I told the guy I'd give him his wig back Saturday. So I told him where we'd meet. Yeah. And uh, so we went all day Saturday, because I didn't have to work. So we went to all the different spirits at lunchtime and places, and, and it was awesome. People thought I was like super fan guy, because it was this, yeah. and people I knew, I'd walk right up to them. Hey, how's it going? And just pretend like in a different voice. And they had no idea who yeah. I was. So I liked it just because it was incognito. But the game itself was very entertaining. Yeah, that, that was a really cool yeah. game. Um, favorite moment behind the mic. Uh, do you have a favorite moment from uh, your broadcasting career, uh, interview maybe, or just a... Um... I was pretty lucky, man. I've gotten to do a lot of things. Like I got to do a lot of play-by-play and mm-hmm. you know, call in the rush, their final game in Edmonton championship game was a lot of fun yeah. just because that sport was great. But I would say an interview I had with Donovan Bailey in studio for an hour. Wow. And this was... I, w- I had the night show then from 9 to midnight. So this would have been 2007. And uh, had Donovan, he came in studio for an hour. Like, think about like the fastest man in the world. Yeah. And so, and I remember exactly where I was in '96 when he won in Atlanta. We were at uh, the old um, uh, Parkland Arena. Okay, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a dump yeah, of yeah. arena. I think a yes. lot of guys who played men's league, oh, we had a men's league game. We had a Wick Cup there one time. And yeah. it was a Saturday because it was a 9:15 Edmonton time was that race, yeah. give or take. And, and I remember, the bar upstairs. Yeah, so we played the game, and then we were all upstairs watching. I remember such a proud moment. We were all like, like none of us are sprinters, but you're just like, come on. Yeah. And especially after what had happened with Ben Johnson For eight sure. years earlier, and, you know, which is a joke, by the way, because we all knew Carl Lewis was cheating, too, That's and right. all those guys. He was but, just the scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. For, for Donovan to win, and I think for as a Canadian, I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because we know, hey, American's a bigger country, and sprinting's kind of their thing, and he kicked their ass at it, and th- that was an awesome moment. And then what happened, of course, with Michael Johnson. So good. And and so to have Donovan in studio, like I just loved you. He, he was very confident without being, and, and I don't really believe in the term arrogant. I've never, I don't think I've ever met anybody who I would d- 
determine arrogant because I don't really know what it means. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think I know as far as it is. But he was just, for an hour, he talked so openly about, you know, drugs in that sport. And was just like, yeah, it was hard to stay clean, you know, and I did it. And a lot of guys do. And he says it's hard because a lot of people think, well, you must have done dope to to run that fast, right? And he says, well, 984, you know, if, if you're technically sound, you can make it. And he was just fantastic for an hour. And I just remember after that interview being like, you know what, that guy gave you motivation to say you could do anything mm-hmm. and just be proud of it. And I could, and that was kind of the moment, I think, where as Canadians at times, it's great that we can be humble, but no, you should never have to downplay. And That's right. He goes, I'm not going to apologize for being great. No. And I love that yeah. answer. So uh, Donovan in studio. And then uh, the probably the most fun I had just on a night-to-night basis was the 06 Stanley Cup yeah. run because I was oh hosting the night show. And I remember Jared Stoll would call in after games. Fans would love it. And we would go live some nights till 2, 3 in the morning after games because Oiler fans hadn't really experienced it. I was young in the business. I was like, I'll take calls. And there was no texting back then, right? right. Barely had email. Calls were very Calls were a big thing. And it was just, it was awesome. So those, Donovan was very separate one time, but the... The two-month run of the playoffs is great. 88 soul is one of the most crushing moments uh, oh. of, uh, as a fan. Because yeah. I was just, like, me and my friend Jeff watched it. We were like, this is awesome. And then later, you're like, oh. And it never really happened, down. right? You're just like, he lost the gold yeah. medal. Like, you kind of felt almost embarrassed for him and, and, and yourself. Like, it was a big letdown, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, the athlete that you love watching today, any sport, who do you love oh, watching? Ovechkin, without yeah. question. Like, I'm an offensive guy. What he does... In an era where it's hard to score and mm-hmm. he can just kill it. I, I love, like, and, and young Ovi, like, I think maybe people that have watched him in just the last five or seven years, they don't recognize, like, young Ovi used to run guys. Yeah, he was right? a Like, he brick. was a tank. Just... And, and it's funny, I actually spoke to Alex Chase on about him uh, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And he kind of laughed and goes, what do they have Ovi listed as? I'm like, 230. And he's like, no chance. Like, he goes, and he was in shape. He goes, he's never met a bigger uh, jointed human being. And he says he was at least probably 240. And in great shape, 245, maybe 250. But it's like they don't want people listed at that for whatever reason in hockey. Who knows? But Ovechkin is just, it's amazing. And now at his age, what he's doing, it's crazy to think that he has a legit shot to break Gretzky's goal record. Because I thought, like, no one's ever touched his points record. Mm -hmm. No one's touched his assist record. I never thought anyone touched his goals record. But Ovechkin, that's how good he is. That he has a legitimate chance where it's like, oh, yeah, that's not crazy. He could do it. Jason Chimera was in here a couple weeks ago and we were talking about Ovechkin. It was just fun to hear him. Like uh, he said, you know, before games, he's, he's, uh, you know, the, the mood guys getting yeah. everybody going and stuff like that. Sometimes those superstars are like the low key guys, but he's one of those guys that he wants everybody to get going. Oh, right? He's hyper. And, and, and I think he's easy to lead because he can lead with scoring a goal mm-hmm. and still in the playoffs. If he'll, he'll hit a guy, if he has to, of sure. course, you know, he was blocking shots, which yeah, and, became and you a know more what? complete player. I really don't want a star player blocking shots. Like that's, yeah. I can't stand it in today's game. But, but he was he, even Jason Chimer said when yeah. he watched him in that cup run, he was back checking harder. Yes. He was doing all the things that, you know, maybe Steve Eiserman learned over the time. It's amazing to see these star players evolve into champions when they do hundred percent. Like it, people, they, Oh, if he doesn't win in the first five years of his mm-hmm. career, and I'm like, just because Crosby did, yeah, that's oh, right, great, you know, and just Kane, those guys got and, lucky, but yeah. not a lot. Not everybody wins right away, and it's harder now. Like, there's lots of great players that are going to go years without winning, yeah. just because there's only one team that wins. There's lots of great players that never are going 100%. to win, and yeah. more, more so now as the league yeah. expands to yeah. 32 teams for sure. Uh, the most underrated Oiler of all time. Or one of them. You know, who's who's an underrated oiler when you look back? Any era, really. I, 
some people, I think Kevin Lowe is probably underrated. I totally agree, man. For what, what he did on that team on and off the ice. Yeah. And then, you know, in other times, I would say, I, I really think Sean Horkoff's underrated. Mm. Right, people did, like they rip on him for. I'm like Sean Horkoff was a really good player. He wasn't he was. an elite player, right? Yeah. Like Hemsky was the most skilled player on the team. There's no question about it. But Sean Horkoff was a really good player who, because of his contract in small market mm-hmm. Edmonton, that became the number that everyone focused on. I think they forgot how good of an overall player he was. Mm-hmm. Last one, best part about farming. <laughs> um, honestly, to me, my is is calving season. Yeah, it, it is. I'm not a doctor, but there's been times, and and I've taken a few simple little courses uh, on on farming, but when you get to help a a cow give birth, and you know if you're not there and you're not there to pull the calf out, but the calf's dying, you saved a life. Now, it's not a human life, but it's It's an animal's life, and it's... You know what? It's kind of, I, I joke about this, and, and I'm, I'm lucky now. We we have, uh, we go with a purebred Angus bull, and, and we purposely get it to smaller birth weight. So, you know, I haven't really had to have a pull of calf in like mm-hmm. three years. But the last time I did it, it was still, okay, good, I know what I'm doing. But I vividly remember a cow that uh, her, her name was Barley, and she had a set of twins, and it was kind of a surprise. And the first one was coming out backwards, and thankfully they were small. You pulled it out, second one came out, they both lived, turned out to be massive for us, uh, two huge steers. And that time when you're in there with that cow and, you know, the, it's it's a weird thing for non-farmers to understand, but the cow looks at you and, you know, cows have brains and, and they can't say thank you, but they're just like, okay. Their eyes are, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's some pulls that we've been pretty tough with a calf puller and, you know, the cow's bellowing and you're just like, oh my God. And then you get it out and you're just like, all right. So <laughs> cabin season to me, it's something that, you know, I don't really get to do that aspect of it anymore, but for, for many years it was... It was a really unique feeling. Like I couldn't imagine what it'd feel like to be a doctor where you help someone like for a human being, right? Like I love animals. I'm not one who thinks animals are on par with humans, but um, some days maybe they're better because, you know, (laughs) they don't say rude things to everybody else. But that to me is the greatest part of farming and just the life experience. I I learned how to work hard being a farmer. This has been One Timers with Jason Greger of TSN 1260. You can check out the full episode at sportsandmore.ca. This has been One Timers on Sports and More, the podcast. Check out full episodes and more at www.sportsandmore.ca.